This is the Like-Minded Investors Real Estate Podcast, episode number 13. Welcome to the Like-Minded Investors Podcast. I'm Kier. And I'm Bill. And on today's episode, um, we have two guests who you might recognize from episodes 11 and 12, and that's Steve and Travis, who have a unique story on how um, they were able to connect actually through the uh, Like-Minded Investors community. Yeah, I thought their story was super interesting. I think this episode in particular is one of the more interesting podcasts that I've ever heard in terms of real estate investing. Um, I mean, I don't think there's many podcasts out there where you're going to have a contractor who worked with an investor on a project and, you know, come together on a podcast and talk through how that works. Yes. I love, I kind of love how Steve, it was almost like he was able, able to come in with this, his contracting business and kind of help, like they were friends first. And, and then he was able to come in and really help like his investor friend out. Um, when it came to the renovation of, uh, what, three units in, in a fiveplex that Travis bought? Yeah, I think that was the number. And and totally agree. I think the friendship is really what, what saved Travis. I mean, you'll hear in this episode, but Travis, I think, was getting to a point where, especially with, like, you know, the debt that he had taken on, it was getting to kind of crunch time. And, Steve, you know, being that Steve was from the area and was a contractor, Travis went to him and, you know, hope, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but you know, maybe there's a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't know. I'm excited for people to listen to this episode too. Yeah. Cause it is unique. And there were some, um, it was fun listening to some of those crazy issues that, uh, they found in that building. And I thought it was, um, I love how they touched on the fact, like, you know, Steve is such a, so good at what he does that he was able to do what I think Travis said something about getting the three units done in, uh, or th- more work done in three weeks than the other contractor had done in five months. And <laughs> um, I thought that was, that was incredible to hear. Yeah. I think that that speaks volumes to get not, you know, to vetting con- uh, contractors and getting a good one in place. I'm not saying everybody is Steve where they're going to be able to do it in what seems like, you know, a flash, but, you know, getting a good one that, that, you know, can work at a good pace, good quality, you know, at a good price. Uh, I think, you know, will only help your portfolio grow. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I guess um, let's bring them in. Uh, Welcome, Steve and Travis. Thank you both for coming on again. It's so good to have you here again. And um, I'd really love to dive in how you two are connected um, and the project you guys did together. But first, um, Steve, why don't you give like a brief overview Again, um, for those that didn't listen to episode 11 on who you are and what you do. Hi, everybody. My name is Steve Stolman, and I am the owner of Dunright Home Solutions, which is a contracting company, and Dunright Property Group, which is uh, my real estate investing company. And uh, we, I'm a full-time real estate investor with a contracting company. We have uh 40, 49 doors and 27 unit, uh, 27 properties right now. Very cool. And Travis, for those who didn't listen to episode 12, do you also want to give us a rundown? 
<clears throat> My name is Travis Hill, active duty Marine stationed in California, currently investing in out of state and have a property that we're going to talk about with Steve in Cleveland, along with other single family land, private lending, some other syndication stuff across the country. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so I guess we'll dive right into, um, you know, this project that you guys did together and kind of, I guess the first thing is how did you guys even get connected if you aren't even in the same state? That's a Steve good. And I, yeah, Steve and I met through you. I oh, I actually did. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. We met through uh, whatever LinkedIn meetup thing that we had back in, I don't know, what is it, 18 months ago now? A year, two years, a year, a year something like that? Yeah, the, the like-minded investors uh, monthly meetup, it's still going. So third Thursday of every, every month, uh, for anybody that wants to join, we'll put a link in the bio, or in a, what's it called, Bill? The notes, the show notes. The show notes. You had something before that though, before you like made it, had it like before it had a name. Oh yeah, that, that, oh, that was like a little small like mastermind type thing that we were doing um, that kind of turned into the, the monthly meetup. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, Travis, <clears throat> one of the two of us reached out to each other, right? And I, we scheduled a call, which was fun. Do you remember the first phone call? I was oh, yeah. in Mexico standing in a pool was our first, <laughs> uh, first call. Tough life. Oh, I know it. Don't I know it. He was talking, he was, I think he had a dive scheduled that day or a dive, like either finished the dive or had a dive upcoming. And I'm like, oh man, I'm a rescue diver. And he's like, oh man, I dive too. And so we kind of initially just really bonded um, in total bro fashion. And, uh, you know, I think we, we still have aspirations of having a DNRE investment group, yep. which stands for diving and real estate, because those are two things that we both enjoy quite a bit. So that's uh that's how that started that's how and yeah it was, it was been it's been awesome ever since off and that, running that is so cool so what what was what did you guys talk about on that first phone call was it was it to actually figure out a way to work together or was it just kind of like to connect and meet meet more people and see where the relationship went um it was we're going back at least a year from that conversation and uh, we, I think we covered a little bit of everything, right, Travis? Definitely did, yeah. I think that we talked more life and diving, and uh, I think the, we, we were sharing each other's vision of what we wanted our life to be or what we saw our life to be uh, with each other before we ever started talking about, like, uh, you know, real estate or specific jobs or issues because we were, yeah, it was very... <clears throat> We're very kindred spirits in a lot of those ways. Yep. The funny thing about that call is I remember, because the time was different. The time, You're on uh, East Coast time, and I was, I don't remember what time zone I was on. Uh, I'm sorry, you're on West Coast, and I was on East Coast. And, then, and I remember waking up in the morning, and I'm like, I got a call. So, and uh, I blew it the time. I was way early, so... I didn't want to blow the call. So I think I was three hours earlier, at least two hours early. Better early than, than late. <laughs> yep. So let's, uh, let's talk about this, this project that you guys kind of worked on together. 
Um, Travis, I, I would start with you, I guess, since you were the one um, that purchased the deal. So kind of run us through that. Okay. We'll uh, get the backstory out of the way so we can get to the, uh, the true good Steve and done right. Uh, I purchased the property through kind of a, they're kind of a, an all-in-one wholesale slash flipping company and uh, had turned a couple, couple people on to them. And they had partnered with a contractor who I originally went with to buy the, the property with. And uh, everything was fine. I used, I found some hard money to make it work. And they were willing to work with hard money because usually, usually they're an all cash offer um, company. So found the hard money, put my money down, and this, and we close in January of this year. And continued to talk to Steve, continued to build our relationship, and you know we're sharing ideas. He went and drove by. He ate. little fun fact about Steve is he likes gumball machines. Yep. And there were gumball machines in the basement. And so he was like, dude, it's gotta be a good thing. It's gumball machines. So, uh, that, that's how that kind of, that's the backstory to, to preface where we are. Bought in January, had a contractor in place, had a rehab budget in place. And that consisted of rehabbing three bedrooms or three units of the five plex. And that was it. And, uh, yeah. Fast forward till now, and a whole bunch of other new and exciting things happen. So, um, I guess my question is: I was there something? I feel like I remember when we were all talking. Um, Travis, did you have a contractor before Steve? I did. Okay. Yes. I thought so. So, um, would you be willing to chat about what happened with your first contractor? Yes. Um, without getting too mad by talking about him and not mentioning his name. Uh, so he was a part of the company that he actually was in partnership with the company that I purchased the property from. And it turned out that he actually lived in Columbus and he was having a superintendent that he had hired there in Cleveland to oversee the renovations. And, uh, that's not, if you're a contractor, I'm sure Steve can attest, unless you have an amazing super, that that's not a good course of action for anybody to try to rehab a house, a state away, or sorry, a city away. And for your listeners that don't know the difference, like the, what is it, an hour and a half, Steve from Cleveland? To I Cleveland? Would, yeah, I would say about two hours. Yeah. So very tough to, uh, to get the, um, the traction needed, I think, from the get-go. And that's something I didn't know. I didn't ask those questions and I didn't, uh, there was a lot of uh, ignorance and naivety moving forward on my part. So beyond the two-hour commute and hiring the super, was there anything else that kind of went wrong? I imagine that that just led to things maybe going very off the rails very fast. Yeah, I, I should have paid more attention. I probably could have heard I probably could have heard from here in California it going off the rails and this kind of screeching that was happening. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, from the get-go, the draws with the hard money lender weren't, uh, there was confusion between the contractor and the hard money lender about the draws. And therefore that in turn caused the 
contractors are actually working on that. I wouldn't even really call them contractors. Would you, would you, Steve? Well, you know, we had just talked about that recently. Um, the bar to call yourself a contractor is a little low in my eye. So anybody can call themselves a contractor. Yeah. So the person that attempted or the attempted, uh, the person that attempted to be one or the groups of it, the individuals that were working on the property uh, were not of very high caliber, unfortunately. And because the partner contractor was in Columbus, he relied heavily on the superintendent who was also apparently a home inspector, which made that even more like disturbing as I found that out later. But he would just show up, the super would show up, take some pictures and then be gone the rest of the day. And that was considered work. And then, I mean, it just got to the point where month three, month four, and no progress is being made, like not significant progress was being made. You know, Travis, um, I was curious what, so when you bought this thing, what, what were, what did they tell you? So what was the deal that was made and uh, what, what bill of goods were you sold? Like, you're going to have a perfectly finished house when we're done. I got, we have our contractor and he's going to make miracles happen. And you're going to, it's life's going to be perfect. Unicorns and rainbows, baby. Yeah. I would, I, at this point, it's definitely a uh, two-legged unicorn. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm kidding. It was basically, we do, the house is great. You just need to flip three units and then we're good. That's, that's basically what it was. Yep. We have, we rehab these three units. We get the ARV at this and here are the comps and that's it. Like, okay. So what then, so would you recommend this? I mean, is this kind of technically like a turnkey company or is it like a wholesale flip? Is it different from a turnkey company? Yes. So both, they, they do wholesale, they do, um, they do flips, they do burrs, they're in other markets um, and they're successful in other markets. I've seen their work. I kind of vetted them. I've, I've talked to other people that have done business. So I had established or at least understood and had some trust in them. Uh, but the contractor, not so much. So and they have since, you, like, they're not even together anymore. Like, they've since, they were doing a deal with that contractor, and that contractor is now, like, he's not even doing a deal with them when they're trying to sell it, sell their piece as well, because it turned into just a huge headache. So it was a, it was a fail all around, not just for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, it seems like they might have, like, at least corrected um, that relationship with that contractor, which is yeah. good. So would you use them again then? Would I use them again? Um, I would use them. I would recommend them to other people. Just make sure like, hey, if you know the market, you know the area that they're, they're in. Because maybe you have boots on the ground, you have family or that you came from there. I would. I mean, because I've been fortunate that the people that I work with in that, in that company, um, I still talk to them. And I don't hold, hold any ill will against them. They, they were just as frustrated and confused and um, pissed off, I guess, for lack of a better word about the whole entire situation for my property and their property that they were working with him on. And uh, so there's no, they're just trying to do what's right. Just trying to do good by their investors and keep
keep, you know, do good by their name and their company too. So I don't, I don't hold that against them. So what tips, Steve, I feel like this kind of leads into what tips do you have for someone who's looking for a contractor? Like if that company um, wanted to pick up some, some better contractors or if an investor is looking for a contractor, kind of what do you look for? Um, or what do you suggest people look for in a contractor and like how do they vet them? I, have a, I think I have a great one to start with. So we live in this digital age, everybody's busy. So a lot of people like text messaging, me being one of them. So maybe start off with a text message. If you, if you find someone that you wanna work with, start with a text message and start with introducing yourself. Cause it's funny, I get so many of these text messages. Hey, would you be my contractor? That's it. And uh, I post them on Instagram uh, every now and again too. And so do a quick, uh, you know, two, three sentences. My name is Steve Stolman. I'm an out-of-state investor. I've I have heard uh, things about you, and I'd like for you, I'd like to talk to you about being a contractor for me. So that would be a great start, I think. Let them know uh, who you are, what you want. Um, I think that'd be a great start. Yeah. Um, then would you suggest? Like, did you like? I'm sure you and Travis, you know, you talked about your goals and stuff like that. Um, I want to know, is that because you guys were friends? Like, I know, you know, do you, do you want to talk to that, talk about that with, with a contractor when you're vetting them, like make sure you have some of the same goals or at least that they're in alignment. Um, Is that something you would recommend somebody talk with their contractor about? If I was looking for a contract, you know, what I'll do now when I'm looking for a contractor, because as a contractor, I'm looking for other contractors. So I want to know, I want to look at their Facebook, their Instagram, do they publish stuff? Um, That's something we're really proud of, that we constantly are publishing new content of, and it's all what we're doing. So every job that we're on, we're pushing out videos, time lapses. Uh, I've done, um, I haven't messed with YouTube too much, but um, Facebook, Instagram, we do all that. So I'd want to snoop around there. Uh, ask in the community that you're in, like, how did you hear about this person? Did you find, have you seen any of their work? So I usually, sorry about the dogs. uh, I usually will ask someone to, uh, can I come to your job site? Like, Hey, where are you working at? I'm in the area. I happen to be, I happen to be in the area. Can I come and take a look out of state? That's going to be a little harder uh, to do, but you know, really, if you don't know them, then you need to figure out how to know them. And it's, we could do that with tenants as well, too, right? When we place a tenant, we look at their Facebook, we see if they got Instagram, and we do background checks and credit checks on them. So you should be doing the same thing with your contractor. Have a, have a 30 minute conversation with them about Travis and I spent crap that phone call was over an hour long I would imagine and we found out that we're super like-minded ding ring the bell and um you know we're looking for a lot for a lot of the same things so it was easy for us to I think it was easy for it was easy for I was very comfortable with Travis we've talked many times when this deal went south it was easy for me to jump 
uh, on the deal and help out because I just know about Travis. And then Travis, from your perspective, like, did you do any like additional vetting of Steve? I know you guys had already known each other when you made that phone, that, you know, phone call when you were having some issues, but did you, did you, from like a litigious perspective or anything, did you want to dot your I's, cross your T's or anything? Well, the beauty of that, um, because like Steve is so big on, on Instagram, you know, and if you follow him, you're going to see this all the time because he's always posting his work. Ah, so he's posting his work, he's showing what it is. And so that's huge. Like that's your own, um, you know, that's your own resume right there that you're putting to the world. And if you don't have, <laughs> if you don't have confidence in what you're putting out there, you're definitely not going to be putting it on social media, hundred percent. And right. he's able to, when he was on the job full time, he was able to bring his, his professionals in and they're sitting their video on and, and send me the video, right? They put it on Dropbox or put it on Google Drive and be like, hey, see this, 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 and this. And they're following along with the phone, right? And like, this is a problem, that's a problem, that's a problem. And you can, oh, okay, cool. And Steve makes it, his, him and his crew make it such a way that I'm not a contractor. Do I kind of understand how a, uh, a nail gets driven into a piece of wood? Sure. Yep, I'm cool with that. I'm pretty comfortable. But the way they do it with social media and with technology yeah, I, I pretty much understand what needs to happen. Okay, cool. Bring up a price quote, check. 50% up front, check. And we go forth and get it done. And then just matter of, you know, how are we going to work in conjunction with, with the property manager to make sure that we're not crossing those lines, you know? And then how do we, and because we have that trust established prior to, I don't have to question the price. And then he's always like, Hey, do you want good, better, best? And I'm like, all right, well, this is how we're going to work. And he puts that out there and he get, lets me make the choice because nothing's more frustrating than an, than an investor, whether you're in, in state or out of state, you're like, yeah, can you, can you fix that? Yeah, that'll be $12,000, whatever. And you're like, wait, I didn't really want the uh, super 24 karat gold seated foot seat. Oh, I just figured that was good. Well, no, how about we talk about that? So like he, as an investor understands that, is able to convey that, but also as a contractor, he's like, hey, I can do this, this, and this. And then he lets me have the choice, and therefore he keeps me, like that empowers me to be like, yeah, he's letting me run this stuff. And at the end of the day, he's like, yeah, man, like I'm running it, but you're just feeling like empowered. Cool, I get to wear pants. Awesome. <laughs> it's a win-win. Like who doesn't win? And I'm, as an out-of-state investor, I have to know that, right? Like I can't be, I can't be the dude that's just like, hey, Steve, and because I know Steve, Steve would be like, hey, Travis, get off your, your, your thumbs on my head. Oh, sorry, bro. Yeah, let me do me. Yeah. And I'll Travis, Travis got to see, I, so I was, before we started your project, Travis, I was working really hard in one of the apartment buildings. And so we have different, me as a real estate investor, I have different levels of um, good, better, best that I do for myself and my building. You know, some of the buildings are in, not great areas so we don't put the gold-plated uh toilets in there and um so it was pretty cool because i i kept on posting videos of exactly what i was doing on on my place and travis got to tune in and he's like that i want that i that's what i want you know exactly what you're doing right now make my place look like that so it was it was super helpful the instagram thing was really helpful i feel like 
it's social media is like almost like a portfolio of of your work and right you know for real estate investors almost like a, a track record that's what i love about social media you know so, are you grant cardone right here's my grant cardone quote again is social media using you or are you using social media so you know i have always looked at my social media accounts as a continuous commercial for the done right umbrella of companies and um just keep putting out that those great videos we're buying houses we're selling houses we're buying apartments we're selling apartments we're remodeling stuff we're looking for tenants so you know that's my social media is all consuming that and the investors that reach out to me so the out-of-state investors that are reaching out to us are usually hey i see what you do on instagram i see what you're doing on facebook and i i want that what's it take to get us there so I want to go back real quick to like the processes. Um, I find that super interesting. Um, how you guys work together, like, you know, Travis, you being out of state. Um, I think it's really cool how you utilize like Dropbox and like video and stuff like that. What other things did you kind of um, do to kind of keep him in the loop, um, Steve, for kind of what was going on with, with the project? I so when when, I, when we took on the project, so uh, when, when we decided to take on the project, Travis came into town um, and we walked through the, the house together. So my thing to Travis was, I, I said, you already know that I'm going to be posting this all over Instagram. You're going to see my stories constantly of what's going on. I also, when uh, part of my deal to our customers is regular text messages with pictures and videos and um so that's what we did we did talk about dropbox but i don't think we utilized it just at the end of the day there were issues that came up and i would i just post some pictures i'd do a text message hey travis here's what we found today so we need to resolve these things here's pictures of them here's the direction so i don't just bring them problems i tell them like here's the here's the issue here's how i think we should resolve it what do you think and um that's what that's how we like to run things just text we keep it simple we just text message and and you're talking about your process right like we it's not a it's not a a lead funnel or it's not um you know our process is communication that's our process uh our ability to be like you know because as we communicate back and forth he was he would say hey i'm struggling about this and i'm like well i'm struggling about this and then we would talk about it communicate and then find the answer through communication and then he's like, hey, you know what? Like, hey, in my time in the Marine Corps, as I'm leading Marines, this is something that's worked really well. He's like, oh, I'm going to try that. And he's like, oh, I'm having this problem over here. And so we were able to bounce off, bounce ideas off each other. And then that helped us create not only a better relationship, but it also helped improve our, like, history of mine in his office to the communication. But it was, like, I think communication was our biggest process that we used. Yeah, Steve, uh, what was, what's your quote? The world revolves around communication, contacts, and confidence. Love it. Yep. So um, let's dive into um, contracts. Did you did you guys come up with um, a contract, Steve? Do you always have contracts with your with your clients, and um, kind of walk us through how, what that process looked like. Great. Um, it's funny. 
I don't do a, a ton of contracts. We do, we're so busy in this economy here in 2021, we're so busy that a lot of the times the work, the work that I'm a part of, because I, I have uh, multiple members on my crew. Um, so the work that I'm a part of usually is I'll just shoot out a text and say, you want X, Y, and Z done. Here's the cost for X, Y, and Z done. Um, Joe, my right hand uh, man that works for me, he's really good at, at writing things out. And if I remember right, Travis, I think Joe went ahead and put together, Joe did his his contract. It's a handwritten deal. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Our contracts are kind of vague. And um, they're vague for a reason. To give us some leverage, um, or not leverage, but to give us some leeway is the word that I was looking for. Our contracts are vague to give us some leeway on, on, on the properties. And it just basically says, you know, we're going to rehab this. And, um, you know, we don't go, it's not so detailed as to say, like, we're going to do weathered barn vinyl plank floors and and this and that and, and knocking out every detail that is so interesting because i feel like a lot of new investors really um really struggle with the contractor part and get really caught up in the in the contracts and stuff and like the wording and what needs to be in there and that every single thing needs to be accounted for so it's kind of it's interesting that since you guys had a relationship, you didn't need that. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I remember too, I think David Green is investing out of state book was very, he's a very big micromanager. So he's going to see the itemized list and like he kind of really dictates a lot in the book. So if you have new investors that are reading David Green stuff, they're going to be all about that. I think in my opinion, because when I read the book, I was like, oh, I got to do all this stuff. Um, because when Steve took on my the the project i had him on the first project i had him do a contract and i told him that the contract was to was to secure our friendship because if the contract goes to crap i'd much rather have him as a friend than as a contractor luckily we get to have both but his his friendship to me is is worth more than any amount of money or any clips that we have and so did the contract go through every was the contract a part of every single thing moving forward no it wasn't, but I think that, that Steve had a heck of a time trying to get that that contract even uh, an attorney to look at it. I think the right. first like, day, that was kind of a struggle too. So I think that kind of helped like, oh, we, we don't got two days to find an attorney. Just, just, yeah, go get it done. Okay, cool. But, you know, and speaking of that contract, like he wrote it up, or I, I had him look at the contract and he signed it and everything else. We had the attorney look at it and like, yeah, it's fine. There's no crazy verbiage. But we had a early, we had a, uh, a, a reward for finishing early, or sorry, I initially had a, a penalty for being late. And I think it was like 200 bucks a week or something. And Steve looked at it and he's like, hey, I have a question about this. He's like, if, why, if I'm gonna be penalized, I wanna be rewarded. And I'm like, okay, right? I said that, he's like, that's only fair. I said, I completely agree that it's only fair. So we would put added it into the contract that if you, they finished early, they got, paid extra and they finished early, you know? And so they got paid extra and that's totally fine. That's how it should be. There should be rewards. It incentivizes you to do, to do good work. That's why nobody says no to a bonus at work ever. Right. 
You know, uh, so the the difficulty that we had. So now, as a um, where I'm at in the in my life and my businesses. So if somebody sends me a contract, I I usually don't really even look at it. I just send it over to my legal team and I say, hey guys, here's a contract to look at. So lawyer number one, who I love him and I refer him to everybody. So I think I referred Travis to him. So the first lawyer was like, this is a conflict of interest. I, we, I can't represent you against Travis. So then the second lawyer, I think the same thing happened. I think it took like four lawyers and we were, the start date was two days away and I can't find a lawyer to look at the contract. And I, Travis and I were talking, I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I can't get a lawyer over here to look at every lawyer I know doesn't either do it or can't look at it. Um, I think I'm adding in a little bit of, I don't know, dangerous territory because I am, my business allows me to, I only work with certain people. So you have to pass some tests before I would work with you as an out-of-state investor. And a lot of that is my, what does my gut say about you? We've had, if I'm going to work for you, we've had, we'll have had some lengthy conversations and we're going to, I'm going to make sure that we kind of think the same and that you're not going to, I'm not a big micromanage kind of guy. The thing that done right home solutions offers the best thing we do where we specialize in, we do rental rehabs and we do them faster than anybody else. We can do a single family home with a full gut kitchen and a full gut bathroom. And we can knock that out in 40 days. We're trying to get it down to 30 days. We can turn an apartment in like a week. So very few people in our space are doing that. So I don't need the out-of-state investor. My name in the town is pretty well known. And I hope that's not a bragging thing. I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of that. And um, so the war, my phone rings constantly for people want me to pick up their, their jobs. So to get into that, so you have to pass that test. Like you have to be referred to us before we're even going to really look at the job or we have to have like um, Travis and I did, we have to come from some like-minded investors or something like that um, before we, before we take that stuff on. So then one of my questions was going to be, do you pick and choose the projects that you work on? So it sounds like um, it's more you pick and choose the people. Yes, and, and the projects too. I've learned shiny object syndrome. So it's almost like we're picking up where we left off before. So I know what we're, I know what my crew is. So I used to try to get my crew to be me and I realized that they can't. So now I've, I've changed my way of thinking and Kier, if you work for me and Bill, if you work for me, I would know that Kier, you're a really good drywall finisher. So I'm going to really take on drywall jobs. And Bill, you're a, you're a great electrician. So I'm going to say, hey, Bill, you, you do electrical work. And I'm not trying to pound a square peg through a round hole. So the job has to fit the comp what we specialize in. Or else it's just going gonna, gonna to take us longer. And everybody's going to be, we're going to be mad it's taking longer our next line of customers that's waiting for us is going to be mad because it's taking longer. And then the, um, the owner is going to be, the investor is going to be mad at us because it's taking longer. And a lot of people don't realize how much that time saves them. People don't look at that equation. We're more expensive. 
we are not a value. We're not the cheap people in town. We are, but I have the pitch. I'll pay as an investor. I'll pay all of my contractors that come to my job. I just paid more for gutters than I should have. But I asked the guy, I, I, we had to talk about it. And the guy was like, yeah, I'll be able to come like, oh, it's going to be two weeks. So I ended up paying a little bit more and got the guy there in like three days, which I needed those, those gutters before I could move tenants in. So he was holding, I, he was holding up like $5,000. The gutters were holding up like $5,000 in income. So if I waited more time, that's less money that's going to be in my pocket, even if I pay the next guy more money. So I got off on a rant. No, I, th- I think it's important. Um, whenever you're looking to pull quotes or, you know, assess contractors, especially from an investor perspective, I think it's important to get multiple quotes. And I mean, maybe the highest isn't the best. Maybe the lowest isn't the best. But somewhere in the middle probably likely is. And I think it's very important to kind of understand what those differences are. Um, Time being one of them. Time is money. Yep. And I think Steve understands economics 101, right? Opportunity cost. If he understood that I can have $5,000 in tenants in two weeks or, you know, 10 days by waiting two weeks to save $3,000 on gutters, easy day. Right. You know, that's, I can make that connection and be like, oh, I'll, I'll save an extra, if I can save X amount of money to get in here in three days to get that tenant, that house occupied with rent flowing, that's a, it's a quick math. It's so many like, people don't look at it that way. Sorry, yeah. No, no, it's fine. Um, I just was going to bring it back to, it's almost like how, how long did you say, Travis, the other contractor was working on the property versus how quickly Steve got it done? uh let's see steve you took over in april may something like that yep yeah and he got done he got more work done in the three weeks that he was there in the entire previous like four months five months and it was at the end of the day it was like boom here you go (laughs) you know one, one super cool thing like this is this is what i think is really neat about what steve and dunright does is we had a bathroom now the, the building's 19, it was built 1910. Walls probably aren't really straight anymore, right? And so he's like, hey, this is before, this is after. And I'm like, oh, you threw some wines coating up. That's fantastic. He's like, yeah, he's like, that would have been way, it's way faster than trying to like level the walls. Like with stucco and, you know, like trying to do everything right. when wake and I'll mud it all down. I'm like, perfect. It's like, yeah, that's something we do. Just kind of like, that looks great. Awesome. Run with it. Go. Silicone <laughs> on the top, silicone on the bottom, around the edges. Out. Done. Thank you or cock it like so that was those are like little things that like he understands as an investor and even if he wasn't an investor he was strictly a contractor like just knowing those little things dude that's that's paying dividends as an investor in my mind yeah i've learned those cheat codes on my own i think that's what separates me from a lot of the other contractors in the area is that i'm an investor first with a contracting company and i I started the contracting company first, became an investor, and now I keep the contracting company rocking and rolling mainly for me, right? So I buy all these buildings. The cool thing is, is I'm rehabbing and I, I'm learning as I rehab my own structures. I'm like, hey, what's a cheat code? Bath, kitchens and bathrooms are the most expensive thing. So we look for 
really good cheat codes on time. And hopefully, hopefully it saves. I mean, if we save time, we'll save money. And um, the Wayne's coding idea was perfect. You know, it can go right over. You know, the around our area, we have this, all these properties have this old school tile. It's cracked. It's fallen apart. And uh, we rip off whatever's loose and then just apply a wall of Wayne's coating. That's like, it, you know, depending on how tall the tile is, it might be four feet, five feet, six feet, seven feet of Wayne's coating. And people walk into those bathrooms, they're like, look at this custom bathroom, yeah. man. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe you did this. And here we are, we're laughing, the whole, you know, because it saved us so much. Speed is the key on these things. When you have a vacant, like Travis had some vacancies in that building. So, and he needed to, so you were on hard money, which is very, which is an expensive way. Hard money is expensive. So you need to, you need time on your side to get out of that hard money loan. So you need to, to get your tenants in there as quickly as possible. So there is no time for dragging your feet for the investor. And those guys, it was funny. We walked on that. You showed up and your property manager and we walked that property together for the first time. And we're like, I was like, they've been here four months. Like what, what's going on? You know, we're turning units in a, in a week or a couple of weeks. And, and I said, in the four months we'd have, this whole building would be done. And they didn't even have, they did not have one finished product in there they had three units partially finished and, yep. and that's even in varying degrees of partiality right yeah, remember rate. the remember the bathtub that we found the drain went to nowhere yeah the bathtub if you were if we were in the basement right now the bathtub drain just came into the into the basement just and stopped so it would have leaked on the floor the uh the supply lines to it were not um connected the shower wouldn't have even there's no way to make the shower work remember that it it didn't it have there would have been there was no thread they couldn't have like ran a shower head onto because there's no thread it just it was a piece of pvc just stuck out straight yeah out of the wall like it would have like hit the other side of the wall it'd be like a fire hose shower yeah and then um, prison prison shower if you will bill yeah it it was there was just so many things, you know, and then like you walk in there and what's interesting is when I showed up, everybody showed up somehow. It's like, you know, when the boss is on deck, everybody dog and pony shows like, oh my gosh, we got to hurry and get there. Well, everybody's there and like, oh yeah, we're doing all this great work. And I'm looking around and I'm like, looking at one by sixes for baseboards and I'm like, what, what are we doing? And like, I'm seeing like three quarter inch cock lines and I'm like, what is poking at it? Like, what the heck are we doing? And and I can see on Steve's face, Steve is just like inside, just having a heart attack, right? Yeah, like, biting my tongue because I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't, this is our, we first met, so I didn't know if I could just be raw and honest and, but just what I was seeing was like, holy cow, the kitchen, first kitchen we looked at, I was like, this isn't, this is not, this is not okay. It wasn't wired correctly at all, what they were, what they were doing, uh, it was just totally cutting. Uh, cutting every corner that they could and uh, I can always tell on a job site too like if you come to any of our job sites you might find a camper chair on our job sites occasionally 
but you won't find unless the unless there's a fridge in the unit that was there you won't find refrigerators you won't find microwaves you know we're not there to hang out and all that fun stuff so but those guys look like they were it looked like I it looked like they had a bed and you know a microwave and a grill they had this stereo system going that was this huge stereo system like you could tell they were they were having a good time hanging out over there Travis, were you starting to get nervous since you had hard money? Were you starting to get nervous that, um, you know, like how long did you have on the hard money? I had it for six months. So yeah, I was stressing the frick out. I was completely stressed. And so I went to him and I went to him, I think in like middle of April, May. And I'm like, uh, hey, I know we got a six month note. Uh, what at? I'm just reading the contract. I'm probably gonna have to extend. They're like, yeah, it's another 1%. Like you go out there six months. And I was not happy, like not happy with the project, not happy with everything. And then the contractor would like, he was like, oh, you know, we're working really hard. And I'm like, bro, you're not working hard at all. I'm showing up. And then uh, like, I was really stressed on the hard money because it's like, dude, here I am. Like, this is out of state deal. Like, this is hard money. They're going to take my children in the middle of the night with a bunch of dudes. And like, you know, like all, like everything's just running through my mind, right? Like I'm just pure, utter chaos. So yes, I was stressed. So what was Uncle Vito is going to come and break your kneecaps, right? <laughs> Let's hide. Uh, so you said the penalty it was one percent. Is that of the purchase price, and they extended six months? No, it was one percent of the purchase price to extend another six months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, I was just curious. I, I've never ever talked to somebody who had to actually extend, but I don't think I've ever talked to someone who did a six month hard money loan. Usually, I feel like it's twelve. <laughs> Well, it should have been 12. And so, uh, I mean, I was able to refinance it out of private money through a family, family member. So I'm super blessed to be able to have done that because we would not, it, it, yeah, it just would have turned out bad. Um, was that always your, your backup plan, the family member? No, or was that something that you had to like explore? No, that was something that I was just basically, I was telling people like, yeah, I got hard money at this interest rate and it's for this long. And I had a family member say, oh, that's a pretty good return. I'm like, yeah, you want to, you want that return? I'll give it to you for a year <laughs> with, uh, and, and so the family member was like, okay. And so I took the time to make a slide deck and be very professional and presented it to him. And I'm like, I would like to do this percentage rate. And they're like, but you were getting this percentage rate. And I'm like, well, I just figured that was more than what you're getting, but less than what I want to pay. And like, it might, so ended up working out very well for both parties but uh yeah i'm one year note i think standard just for the, all those uh foobar things that you don't know you know and talking about the with the agreement the hard money it wasn't even supposed to take six months it was supposed to be like out in three right but then we get into and this is where we get lessons learned like out of i should have flown out there before i bought it and walked it and be like what is exactly is this the amount of money that you have for the schedule rehab supposed to fix okay now I understand tracking. Now we're going to go through and walk the property and see what all the stuff is that was not a part of it to see what it's going to be. Because that would affect it, how I would have paid for it, the amount I would have paid for it, the duration I would have had it. And knowing all those things up front, man, I would have felt way better. And I would have vetted the contractor. I would have had the conversations I had with like Steve, like, hey, uh, how long have you lived in Cleveland? I don't live in Cleveland. I live in Columbus. Oh, tell me how that's going to work. Well, my super's down there. Who's the super? What's his name? How do you know him? How long have you known him? What has he done? You know, and do all of that stuff. And then I honestly, I would have, 
had I done all that, I still would have brought Steve. Like, yeah, Steve's this high school buddy that uh, I used to work, you know, that we were in high school and we loved each other. And it was awesome. We were on the wrestling team and blah, just so that Steve could, I could get a third party true assessment. Steve would be like, dude, run the prick away very well. Hey, ass is not going to work. Yeah. You know, I think that, that you're going down a great, here I am hijacking the podcast and asking the question. But Travis, I think you're going down a great angle. Like, what could we have done differently in step one? You must, you must walk the property or you must have someone that you really trust to walk that property. Like, I, I was at the closing table for a house locally. And I had done business with a, a company here. I bought a couple of houses from them. And I did not look at this house and I was sold a bill of goods like Travis was sold a bill of goods and what it would be. And I got to the closing table. Luckily, my closing agent caught it because so it was supposed to be an occupied single family home with this much rent. And um, my closing girl was like, this house is vacant, Steve. And I was like, wait a minute. I went back and looked at that house. Now, it makes sense as an occupied rental at the price I was paying. Then I went back and looked at it and I I said to myself at that moment, when I looked at the house, it was in horrible condition. I said, you can never buy a house without walking it. That was a commitment I made to myself because I would have, uh, I would have paid dearly for that mistake. If I would have signed on that dotted line, like you have to, um, you have to walk those properties. And you have to have somebody that's knowledgeable with you too. If you don't know what you're doing, you better find somebody that, that does know what they're doing. Yeah. And, I, and what's funny is that this property, like the, the, all the other, the tens of thousands of dollars that I had to pay to get it up to, even being inspectable, right? Inspection ready were so blatantly obvious, right, Steve? Like they were clearly like yep. the plumbing in, in the basement, just leaking, just dripping. Like, oh, that's probably something that, you know, but because the contractor didn't live in Columbus and not in Cleveland, didn't walk it, never saw any of this stuff. Right. So all of the, the plumbing, um, I like the sidewalk, the fascia, the, um, like the windows, the window siding, the window sills, uh, the railing, uh, shoot. What else? Like steps we rebuilt access to the fifth unit, access to the fifth unit, like all of that stuff I would have known. I'd have been like, mm, we're going to have to go back to the drawing table guy or the negotiating table and see what's up because all of those things came out of my pocket, you know, but luckily, and, and again, I'm so fortunate that Steve and I are, that Steve was able to come in and not even like take the friendship, take all of the awesomeness that we, that Steve and I have together as friends and just done right coming in and do what they're doing. Dude, it, they made that thing. They, they took what they're if they were to stay with all five units that get rehab, they were usually going to like four times the rent income just from what they were doing. From what it was, from what it was gross making to what it would gross after they were done would be four times the amount. So, you know, just fortunate that I'm able to sell it. It's in the process of being sold right now and almost doubling my money on it just in what done right has done. And what he is like, hey, this needs to get done, this needs to be done. Okay, cool, we need to do it. And I'm fortunate that I have had um, sufficient financial means to be able to do that because I don't want to do that again, ever. Did you have an that emergency a, fund built into your, into your, uh, your budget? Uh, no, because it was just, the, what, it was the original 
amount of money that they quoted just for the three units. So if I had, again, if I had gone through and seen all the other stuff that, that Steve saw and we saw and together and that he let me know about with his team, I would have not needed the, like the budget, the rehab budget would have been far greater. Therefore it would have adjusted the price to be less, a lot less. Was your original I, plan? And I, and I probably would still, I, and I think if that was the case, I'd still have the property. Like it'd still be getting rehabbed, getting tenanted. This location is great. Um, or, you know, maybe I wouldn't, I don't know, between having a boiler and then access to the fifth, the third story, who knows? I'm just grateful to be back to square one with a little bit of upside pre-tax. And, uh, you know, after taxes, I'll pretty much be even and that's okay. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. So I forgot many about the boiler. Oh yeah. I forgot about the boiler. So when I'm looking at properties, when I see a boiler, I usually, I'll usually run away from it because something I say, so boilers are not super common around us. And uh, when I saw that thing had a boiler and I was like, oh man, because on um, my newest apartment building, when we turn the heat on, we have forced air furnaces. There's eight furnaces in there. I was able to, I don't know how to fix furnaces, but I was able to figure out and fix uh, seven of the eight furnaces and get them up and running. You tell me to go do that with a boiler. I'm going to be like, ah, I got nothing. And most of the people, a lot of the people include, so we have to bring in a boiler specialist, boiler licensed specialist to play with that thing. I wonder if they even have turned the heat on in that. If the heat's been turned on, has a boiler been turned on yet? <laughs> That's why I pay a property manager to make sure that happens. Yeah, right. And, and, I'll, and I will say, you know, our property manager, um, Amy that works for the company, has been absolutely fantastic in dealing with the many headaches on top of, you know, the number of units that they manage, but she has been extremely hospitable and man, she's helped. And, you know, she's been at it for like 15 years, I think. So it's been huge to be able to rely on her expertise and really just kind of give her opinion and go that extra mile a lot of the time. So grateful for, for Amy and, and her organization. You know, it's cool. So Kier, your meetup got Travis and I together. Travis comes into town and him and his property manager is picking him up and uh, driving him around and inter I don't, I don't want to say entertaining, but chauffeuring him around and all that fun stuff. So I got to know the property manager. Now the property managers become, uh, we're uh, turning over some of the new units we purchased to uh, Progressive Urban and Amy at uh, Progressive Urban. So it was kind of cool. So look at that. There's uh, here. Look what all you're responsible for, Kier. <laughs> that is awesome. That makes me so happy. So yeah, we're going to have to have a property manager episode. I think that would be super valuable for everybody. I think so. Uh, I think it'd be cool to have all of the, you know, how you find these team members and the important parts of your team, the lawyer, the uh, property manager, the, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Agreed. All right, guys, this was awesome. I loved this episode. You guys dropped so many good, like, like tips and tricks for people working with contractors and um, kind of all that good stuff. So uh, if you guys want to real quick, Travis, if you want to start um, where people can 
uh, find you and reach out to you. And then Steve. Okay, you can find me at Instagram at Travis Hill one three one zero. And then I am Steve Stolman. You can find me on Facebook under my name, Steve Stolman. And then Instagram is at Done Right Home Solutions, plural. And um, something I wanted to say if that really caught my eye for out-of-state investors. One guy had me looking at his properties and he cash-apped me for, I didn't, when I started in the business, he's like, can you look at a few of these properties for me? And I looked at one of them and I was in my head thinking, I'm not looking at another property for this guy for free. And he cashed out to me for it just out of the blue. I wasn't expecting it. So um, please don't reach out to me and just say, can you look at my properties? Why, why I'm sitting here in California? Yeah, agreed. I was actually going to be one of, one of my questions if, if you suggested people reach out to contractors and kind of pay them for, for their time looking at the property. So I guess the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, think of it as think of it like any professional business. Do you call your lawyer? I mean, your lawyer will give you a free consultation, and then after that, you're on the clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of I'm kind of the same way. Although I love chatting real estate, so if anybody wants to reach out to ask any kind of real estate questions or pick my brain on stuff, that's fine. I uh, I love talking about that stuff. Awesome. All right, guys, thank you so much for um, hopping on. This is the first ever episode that we've had with uh two people and with two people have been on the podcast so pretty cool first recurring guests all right have a good night you guys you guys too